the other thing about an apology is it has to come from the heart and you don't get to dictate to the other person how they should feel when you've wronged them if you've wronged someone you don't get to dictate how they should feel or when they should heal yeah. or when they should move on <laughs> where is this that every time we talk it has to be yeah. abusive language like what is in your out of the abundance of the heart the, the mouth speaks. speaks manipulate you into those spaces is first by beating down your esteem so that you feel like this is all you can get yeah and sometimes your esteem is not even there when you entered yeah (laughs) you didn't come with the steam anyway so this month being a mental health awareness month i am joined once again by my friend sile and we talk about navigating toxicity navigating conflict and ending relationships with grace we know that these principles can be applied to every relationship but for this particular episode we'll focus on friendship because we believe that the relationships in your life can have such a huge impact on your mental health so i hope you learn something and enjoy the episode Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to yet another episode of Love in Christ, a podcast where we share our daily experiences and give it a Christian perspective. Yes, we give you the word to help you win in your everyday life so that you're victorious in everything that you go through in life. The whole goal of this podcast is to see you make better decisions, to see you become a better version of yourself. If we can see any of these things in your life, then we know the podcast is serving its purpose. So Feel free, join the community, subscribe on Spotify and any other podcast app that you're using and make sure to leave a review at the end of the podcast. So hi, Sayo. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me again. I'm honored. So we did the first episode together on tips for building and maintaining healthy friendships. And I got quite some good feedback from it. A lot of people were challenged to rethink their friendships and just to do friendships better. And so I thought, let me bring you back. One, because you're my friend. So clearly on this episode, we are going to understand each other on most of these topics. And secondly, because I believe God has granted you a lot of wisdom concerning this area of relationships. And I just find that a lot of people will be able to benefit from what you have to share concerning this. I'm very reserved when it comes to the name toxic, Mm. because I think this is just my own opinion, but I think It is something very valid. Toxicity in relationships is 100% valid. Mm. And I would not want to downplay that. But I think a lot of times or sometimes we risk getting into spaces where we we label something that's not toxic as toxic. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I, I would want us to recognize or learn maybe with me would be differentiating between what is toxic, what is unhealthy, I'd put probably toxic and unhealthy in one space, and what is just the normal challenges that you would probably find in a relationship or a friendship that's growing. Just to reiterate what you've said, there's a difference between a difficult season yeah, and a toxic 
season. Yes. Okay. Not all difficult seasons are in toxic. relationships are toxic. Okay. Toxicity would, in my own opinion, would go into someone's heart posture. Okay. In light of someone's heart space in that relationship, like maybe, not even maybe, they're probably manipulative, they're violent, they're inconsiderate, they're selfish. Their heart disposition is not really for you. It's mm. not for the good of that relationship. Mm. It's hostile. It's hostile. And so that would yeah. essentially not amount to a friendship Yeah, if you, if you look at it in a really, really good way. Because uh, that person... If maybe they're malicious, are they really your friend? Yeah. If they're violent, do they actually love you? Mm. And then now, when we come to maybe a difficult season in in the friendship, it would be maybe communication issues. It would be it would be issues that they don't necessarily make you question where you stand in someone's heart. You don't see the traces of manipulation and selfishness and pride and someone who wants to subdue you or someone who wants to who wants the worst for you, you know. Yeah. Honestly, some people get into friendships for the wrongest reasons. Sometimes people are needy and so they just want to use you as something that satisfies their needs. And so in, in that friendship, you're not getting the full benefit that you need to get, mm. you know. Mm. So the first one was, how can I tell if a friendship is toxic? One, if you have a walk with the Holy Ghost, you'd discern it. You'd discern uh, there's something amiss with this friendship. There are some moments where someone hasn't even at talked or anything, but you just sense some energy around them, and it's important for you not to. Ignore. Not to ignore. Yeah. yeah. The other ones are principles. Honestly, biblical principles. How someone talks to you. If there's strife in that friendship, the word of God says that where there is strife, there's every evil Thing. work. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. When you start noticing where uh, this, there's just hitches everywhere. There's just, you know, you all have weird communication. Mm. And the like, the other one would be if other people observe, if you have other people who are around you and they keep on warning you about, and people, okay, these people would ideally be people who, who love you yeah. or who care about you. If they keep on asking you about yeah, your, your new friend ex, there's something about them. And that's all. Yeah. If yeah. they start feeling reserved and the like, you don't have to just take their word for it, but be cautious and Think about it, pray about it, process that. The other one would be just how this friendship makes you feel. Are you peaceful? Mm -hmm. Are you peaceful when you are around this person, you are just on your defense because you you don't feel safe with them? Mm -hmm. So I think it's easier to recognize a toxic friendship or relationship when you have done some self-work. Yeah, Because a lot of times we are veiled if we are so used to toxicity that we can't even tell. Yeah. You know, and sometimes people think that spaces because that's the only reality that they know. So it begins with us having done some inner work and then now we can recognize easily. I've been in toxic friendships without knowing. Hmm. Honestly, someone mishandles you, someone talks to you badly and just because they've maybe manipulated me into thinking 
that's how friendships should work or that's, that's how the it's best okay. you can get you know yeah. yeah and you know if if you haven't done some inner work maybe you're needy uh, you've been made to think wait if this friend goes i don't have and imagine there's a period in my life i actually thought if this one friend that i have goes i have no capacity to have any other friend mm. i don't deserve to have any other person yeah. so imagine if you're in such a friendship space you wouldn't know you'd think this is yeah. my best friend yeah and apart from this person i have no other person who can be a good friend to me so you just take what you get and you don't know that maybe they even manipulate you into being in such a space and it's so funny how people manipulate you into those spaces is fast by beating down your esteem so that you feel like this is all you can get yeah and sometimes your esteem is not even there when you entered yeah for zero (laughs) you didn't come with esteem anyway you are so damaged gosh thank you jesus for redemption the other question that i got on this topic was how do i handle a friend who is constantly negative or critical. To create boundaries and communicate the boundaries. Could you just define like what boundaries are and what they look like? And the difference between boundaries and walls? The difference between boundaries and uh, that's interesting. First, in the previous episode that I was here, we talked about how it's important for us to have clear defined values one for us to have our self work first so that when we're entering into a relationship or a friendship we know ourselves at least we know a bit of ourselves even if we're growing in knowing ourselves so in knowing our values in knowing what we want from a friendship what a good friendship looks like from our perspective then we would have the negotiables and the non-negotiables I think friendship is so personal, so I'd probably just maybe make reference to myself. An unnegotiable for me would be safety in a friendship. How does that look like? You know, we we hear this word safe space, but how does it look? For me, it would look like, number one, just recognizing that your heart is for me and for the good of this friendship. That you genuinely, honestly love me or you genuinely, honestly like me, despite the fact that you might have weaknesses or you might have a lot of areas that you need to grow in, in any decisions that we'd be making, it would be you'd consider my good. Like you wouldn't just throw me under the bus any chance you'd get. The other one would be, because I'm quite vulnerable when I need to be, and so I'd want an assurance that... In my vulnerability, you will not take advantage. And that's just simply how safety is for me. Like your heart is clear concerning me and concerning this friendship. And you just wouldn't be malicious. But then I think depending on maybe your history or your journey as a person, then safety would look different. Okay. So back to boundaries now. So ideally, you'd have your negotiables and you'd have your non-negotiables. What are these major things that I foresee in light of my vision for a friendship that I, I would want to achieve in a friendship? And in the event that it's not there, then that's a red flag, you know? For example, one of my non-negotiables also is how you communicate to me. Are you passive aggressive? <laughs> you know, I am so big on communication yeah. in Greece, you know, mm. because how you speak to someone shows what is happening in, in your heart concerning them. 
Mm-hmm. And so if someone is constantly abusing, ah, uh, yeah, like you guys are friends, but then they constantly call you demeaning names. Yeah. Or they just, and sometimes they cover it up with a joke or a laugh. I'm just like, where is it? Where is it that every time we talk, it has to be yeah. abusive language? Like what is in your... Yeah. Out of the abundance of the heart, the, the mouth, mouth speaks. speaks. Mm. So I'm very big on how you talk to me, how we talk with each other. So you'd probably sit down and know these are my values. These are things that I expect and communicate them. That's one of the mistakes I've even made in my friendships that have Mm. failed. Poor communication. For example, in the event that I know communication is big for me, and then maybe my friend X comes and while we're talking through some insult, I'd have to make known that boundary. Ideally, I think in friendships, just as you interact with each other, boundaries should continuously be communicated. Then sometimes some people don't know your boundaries, depending on how long you've known each other. Maybe they're just a new friend. You all are still getting to know each other and the like. But then communicating those boundaries would be important. And also getting to know their perspective on that. With matters communicating with grace, if maybe they are used to spaces where insults are not a big deal. You make it known it's a big deal to me. It might not be for you, but Mm. it is to me. And then you reconcile what are you going to do going forward. This is how we'll interact with each other based on this boundary. So the next question would be, what should I do if my friend is always putting me down? So maybe just to follow it up with another question, because I think it aligns with the next question. You've talked about boundaries. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can answer, what should I do if my friend is always putting me down? And now, how do I communicate those boundaries that have now identified based on what you've told us? Communication is such a remedy for hitches in friendship. But then now you'd need to know how to communicate. So one, identify what is happening. Identify what the hitch is. So in this case... You've identified and noticed this is my friend, but they are putting me down. Have a name for the feeling that you're getting when these things are happening. So when you identify, it's not just in isolation. You can sit down and process through, wait, where have I come to a place where I'm feeling this? Okay, on this and this day, they did this and it made me feel that. Or maybe you feel demeaned. So get a name for your, for your feeling. It just helps with processing what is happening inside you. Yeah. Are you feeling angry? Are you feeling shameful? Are you feeling demeaned? What are you feeling? It would help if you write down what you're feeling. Stances whereby maybe you, you feel, okay, that day when... When I ordered for this and then you refused to give me and you gave me something I hadn't ordered for and you forced it down my throat. Such things, such instances. And then now communicate, but you communicate strategically with a view of getting a solution. Yeah. So one, affirm that you're protecting this friendship. When you raise this issue, it's not an attack on the friendship. It's a means to get a solution for a problem. So. That would mean that you're cognizant of the fact that you're not, it's not a war against your friend. You two are against that issue that is yeah. there. Us against it. Ab- yeah. So fight the issue. Don't yeah. fight the friend. Because if you fight the friend, they'll become defensive. And when they become defensive, you won't get the solution. Yeah. So you raise it. You you tell them. And at this point, you have a name for that feeling that you have. You have maybe instances that that has happened. You say, when someone does X, Y, Z to me, I feel this. In this instant, 
I noticed that there was, you know, an oversight in this area. And then you put the ball on the court and just make them accountable. What do you think about that? Mm. Then they'll probably say their side and then you'll come up with a now way forward. How are we going to handle this issue, you know? So that probably if they're a good friend, they'll probably go like, I didn't know that's what it makes you feel. Because now you know yeah, what you're handling is this thing that makes you feel that way. Yeah. So they'd probably apologize. They'd probably ask how they'd make it up to you. That would give room for, for communication. Yeah. So the other question was, you had talked of boundaries. So you've identified the boundaries from the non-negotiables, from the principles. How do you communicate these boundaries? You just communicate. I'm serious. You just communicate. But... So let, um, let, let me give you a scenario. So uh-huh. say you've identified... So this same friend that puts you down and you've raised it and you realize the friend didn't know and both of you are for the friendship, Mm -hmm. but then you realize, say, it's a weakness in an area. Yeah. How do you communicate boundaries in that scenario? First, reaffirm the friendship. Something like, Viv, I appreciate you as a friend. Uh, Reaffirm the fact that there's something good happening in this friendship. But then be wise about it. Say, there are certain things that... I think we need to grow in in this friendship. I'd like you to be aware. Constantly in friendships, make sure that you communicate your feeling. What example can we use? Communicating with grace. Yes. Yeah. Maybe yes. this person shouts at you. Mm. You say it is very important for me. No, you name the boundary. It's very important for me if someone communicated to me in a better tone, in a healthy, good tone, and then you state what a bad tone makes you feel. It Mm. makes you feel demeaned, shamed, all those things. And so you would say, because you have already reinforced the place of that friendship, you'd say, I would really appreciate if in this friendship, incorporate that for the safety of my heart. Yeah. The other question would be, what are some healthy ways to express my feelings during conflict with a friend. And I think before you answer that, maybe you can just highlight what are some unhealthy ways of Mm -hmm. communicating because you've said it's very important for you to communicate strategically. So how does this look like in practical steps? One, don't be in the defense. What do you mean by in the defense? Trying to fight what should not be fought. Trying to secure your position instead of securing the position of the friendship. You know, the thing is, a lot of times when we engage in conflict, we want to make ourselves look good. Vindicate ourselves. Yeah, we want to vindicate ourselves. And so being in the defense is constantly trying to ensure that your hands are clean, trying to make yourself look like you. Be the right one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how being in the defense would look like. But then the problem with this is it wouldn't rectify the issue that you have. So let's say maybe we have an issue and then this person is constantly in the defensive end. That means we're not handling the issue. We're just trying to to vindicate this other person. And what happens to the other person? Yeah, It's very important for us to take ownership of our oversights in friendship. So that would mean if there's a fault or there's there's an issue somewhere, we're not fighting to be on the good books. We're actually fighting to restore things. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So the next question would be, what are some unhealthy ways of communicating? Failing to apologize when we need to apologize. 
changed. Yeah. <laughs> it's important for constantly for people who are in a relationship to just resecure that space to make the other person know that we might be having an issue, but your place in my heart still remains. This is the issue we are handling. We're not, it's not like I want to uproot you. It's us against the issue yeah. again. I think another way to look at it is when we talk about strategic communication is mm -hmm. understanding what we are dealing with at hand, yeah. understanding what the war is. Yeah. The war is not the other person. The war is there's something that's coming against the friendship yeah. and that's what we are trying to address. So when you start looking at it from that lens, then it will even affect the timing of what you are trying to communicate. Because timing is so important. You can choose a time when there's so much pressure. Things are on a downward turn and that's when you want to unleash all your pressure. That's when you want to tell someone, you, you're like this, you're like that. You understand yeah. the timing of the communication and also the how. Yeah. And this will feed into the next question of how do you apologize to someone? How do you apologize? <laughs> In a conflict. Mm-hmm. Just because you like to be addressed in a certain way or you like things to be done to you a certain way does not mean the other person necessarily likes that. Yeah. So say, for example, to some people, if I bring you a gift after something is wrong to you, to that person that may communicate an apology. But to some people, they want you to come up and say, this is what I did wrong and I am sorry. <laughs> so not everyone speaks the same language. And I think sometimes just based on what we had talked about in the previous episode, understanding your friend and understanding what works for them and what doesn't can actually help with dealing with some of these issues. Yeah, just understanding the love language of your friend. I know we use this mostly in the romantic sense, but it's actually, it actually applies even in the friendship. Yeah. Understanding the love language of your friend and learning how to meet most or the ones that you can meet because there are some instances where the demands that someone has are just impractical, but learning to meet in the middle. But then you do know that after you've communicated, you need to know how, if I'm asking you, this happened and how can I make it up to you? The making up has to be coming from you. The person who's been wronged is the one who defines. When it comes to matters, love, language and the like, just the example you've given, you need to be cognizant of what the person who's been hurt needs. It's not about what you think they need. It's about what they communicated they need. If you maybe bad-mouthed them, do you need to apologize? It's yeah. an apology. You need to go talk to the other people who you talked to badly and and make things better. What do you need to do from their perspective? Because they're the only ones who know how they've been hurt. And so they are the only ones who know what can remedy. Yeah. The other thing about an apology is it has to come from the heart. And you don't get to dictate to the other person how they should feel when you've wronged them. Yeah. And I think that's something that we usually miss a lot of the time. If you've wronged someone, you don't get to dictate how they should feel or when they should heal yeah. or when they should move <laughs> on. You don't come to people saying, oh, but I told you, sorry, why are you still sad? Or why are you still mad at me? See, I apologize. Yes, you apologized, but you don't know the magnitude of the heart that I have because of what you did to me. So you don't get to dictate how I should feel or for how long I should feel it. Very true. Which is not to say that we propagate for unforgiveness. 
what we are saying is you need to understand when it's your responsibility mm-hmm. and when it's the other person's responsibility. So the way you've said, the other person gets to decide the mode of compensation that they want. You don't get to decide when you're the one who's wronged someone. I think one of the key things to consider when you're apologizing would be to take responsibility. Because if you've reached a point where there is need for an apology, something happened, some, there was either an omission or an act. Yeah that was contrary to what should have been. Take responsibility. You don't say this common statement of, I am sorry if I wronged you. I know. What do you mean, I'm sorry if I wronged you? I recognize that I shouted at you, and I recognize that shouting at you hurt your feelings. Which is different from, I am sorry if when I shouted, your feelings got hurt. Yeah. This is still an apology that people offer, but it's not the same. It's not. And then now after acknowledging how it might have affected them, you'd open up room for them to state what now they need as a compensation. Mm. Quote in quote compensation, because it would open up a room for communication. Yeah, yes, reparation. So that there can be healing, so that there can be restoration in that space. So the other one would be, I know we've talked about navigating conflict in relationships and we've talked about recognizing the difference between when the relationship or the friendship is just going through tough times and when it's actually toxic. Mm -hmm. So the other question that I got was, how do I know when to let go of a friendship that constantly has conflicts? How to know when to... When to let go. That for this one, to me, to shuke. There are two major ways in which people end friendships. One, some friendships just their natural death. The first part of friendship is where you guys have just been growing in the friendship and then all of a sudden there's just a whole plateau and then you don't talk anymore like you used to. Yeah. And things just die down. And then now the other one would be now the one that they're asking about whereby the issues, their conflict. So number one, have you actually tried to work through things? And number two, are you both taking the weight in trying to remedy things? Yeah. Because even the word of God says that two cannot work together unless they unless agree. They agree. Mm. So is there an agreement to salvage the relationship? You'd probably analyze that and see, okay, here I'm the only one trying to pull the weight this other person already exed this relationship. Yeah. It would be really really hard to salvage a relationship that has already ended yeah. in someone else's heart. So you'd need to interrogate whether this cause that you want to achieve of repairing the friendship is in both your hearts. Yeah. And so now you'd sit down and have a conversation. Again, friendships I think are just... <laughs> Build on communication, a lot of communication and communicate on how restoration would happen. Interesting, which leads us to the last segment, which is how to end a friendship with grace. And you've highlighted how to know when it's time to end a friendship. So the other question would be, what are some signs that a friendship has run its course? Like for this one, it's at the end. I think one, 
probably lack of alignment. Maybe you just stop aligning in very, very many things. Your values change. Because the thing is, as we progress, as adulting happens, we grow differently. And so sometimes you find that you've grown so differently that you're no longer aligned. The things that used to align you or used to hold you guys together before are no longer holding you guys together. And the other one would be out of agreement. You guys just see this thing is going nowhere. Yeah. And you agree it's going nowhere. So you just let go of it. Others would be maybe circumstances. Maybe in this relationship it was due to... I remember last time we talked about friendships that are based on just proximity and the yeah. like. And so maybe they move out of the country. Yeah. <laughs> girls don't talk to each other for like 100 years. Yeah. Yeah, and things just change. The other one would be, how do you break up with a friend without hurting their feelings? One, why are you breaking up? Like, how so, have you guys reached there? Yeah, so maybe the friendship has, has run its course or it has way too many conflicts and you guys are not aligned on the fixing, so it's time to work out. Have you ever had a breakup, friendship breakup like that? Yeah, but I didn't handle it with grace, so I don't think... How badly did you handle it? It ended on a very bad note. Yeah. We just yelled at each other. It was like a whole proper breakup. Someone has ever ended a friendship with me and I didn't think it was with Greece. And I think we can talk about... <laughs> we the perpetrators. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was so hurt. I was so hurt with how they handled it. Yeah, they just... They came to my heart and just ripped it open. So I think we can talk about how not to end a friendship. Yes. And then talk about how, how to, to end, end it with a, Grace. Okay. Yes. Okay. It's important to recognize that relationships are spiritual. That would mean that... Relationships can get help from God and relationships can also be fought. I think first thing, if you've sat down and you've thought, I feel like I should end this relationship, interrogate that thought from the place of prayer yeah, so that you can know whether that's actually a leading or there's an attack on your friendship. Yeah, I'm saying this because I've had such an experience where... I actually thought this friendship was done. It was gone, gone, gone. Yeah. God just led me to pray about that friendship. And I noticed that there were things that God was doing in that friendship that had hindrances. Mm. And there was strife coming in and the like. And those things needed to be handled. Yeah. So the solution was not ending the friendship. The solution was handling, handling the attack that was on that friendship because yeah. someone was getting information that they shouldn't have been getting and so they were just misunderstanding things and so we needed wisdom to handle that that was a god-ordained friendship that if it broke there would be some repercussions so and pray about it the other thing that i think would be important is get the opinion of neutral parties preferably even people who don't know this other person or don't even know how yeah. this person there's there's safety in the multitude of counsel of mm. counsel yeah you might notice that after you receive counsel there's an oversight on your end that if that oversight is remedied there may be no need to even end it or you should have even ended it like 10 years ago <laughs> yeah. and you've just been there Friendships are very, very sensitive. The other thing would be uh, now on the on the communication. If you verify, well, I think it's time. And number two, you've sought counsel and counsel directed you to get rid of or rather end that 
friendship i think now how you communicate would be important it's mm. it's there's no structured way but i think the important things for you to note would be you guys have been friends you have history acknowledge that yeah just because that. things are ending on uh say for example if there's so much conflict leading to the end of the friendship yeah. does not discard all the good times you guys had together yeah and so with that we have come to the end of the episode thank you so much for gracing us and for giving and sharing your wisdom with us concerning friendships and relationships so being mental health awareness month i hope you guys are taking care of yourselves and you're taking care of the relationships that matter most to you so ensure that you follow on spotify so that you don't miss any notifications when we upload a new episode and please 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 leave a review so that we can know what's working and what's not working till next time folks